0: What do you do when you just don't know what to do? That's a real question, but it may not be on the top of your list when thinking about life. But then when you're in life, things happen, situations change, and you may find yourself in a position where you truly are asking yourself, what do I do now? Who do I go to? Where am I supposed to start? What do I do when I just don't know what to do? Maybe you have children and you had confidence that you knew exactly where they were supposed to go. You knew exactly what to do. And now you're unsure. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's concerning your job. You had confidence and now you're not so sure about it. What do you do when you don't know what to do? I've been there and I believe that the scriptures offer us a bit of direction. So that's what we're talking about today. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Because there is an answer. To the grown woman, pray. To the woman looking for answers, pray. To the woman who's busy and just needs a change, pray. Pray, woman. Stop comparing yourself, pray. Stop grumbling, pray. Stop giving excuses. Stop counting yourself out, pray. Stop discounting God. It's time to pray. Welcome to the Woman Pray Podcast. Well, hello and welcome back to the Woman Pray podcast. I do believe God has a word in mind just for you because we are not walking through life alone. He is always with us. And the reality is in this world, there will be trials. There will be tribulation. There will be challenges or problems. And in each of those scenarios, there will be occasions when we just don't know what to do. No matter how smart we are, No matter how saved we are, no matter how many support systems we have around us, there will be a day when we ask ourselves, what do I do? What do I do because I just don't know? And so when I think about the question, I think about it because I have been there. I have been there when life has presented overwhelm or when there has been distress. I didn't know I was stressed because I was able to carry the stress very well. I guess they call that the poker face? Well, I had the poker face and I tricked myself because I thought I was well, but yet there was still some unsettledness within me. And I know I was unsettled because there would be times at night where I would go to sleep and I was at great peace But then all of a sudden, I would wake with a start. Some people call that anxiety or anxiousness. Well, that's the reality that can come to any one of us. And it doesn't matter if we're male or female. It doesn't matter if we've been in Christ for a week or for years. There is a response in this life that our flesh, this body will always offer. It will tell us that we're lonely or that life is too straining and too difficult and I don't know what to do. That's what the world does And if we listen to the world The world then tells us to turn to things that aren't the answer It may just kind of cover the situation But it doesn't necessarily deal with the root of the issue And so we may run to people Or we may run to substances Or we may try, sadly, to end it all But none of those things are the answer in this life Jesus is the way he is the truth and he is the life and he is the answer so when you think about what you're supposed to do when you just don't know what to do there is an answer and his name is Jesus. And so when I think about the mandate that I have on my life to talk in this podcast about what are we doing here? I'm really not here to be your most popular person. You may not even care for my look, my disposition, but I do believe that I can look to the scriptures and present to you what I think is going to really be helpful to you. And I know that because God is faithful, he can minister to you in the same way that he has ministered to me because he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And I have always chosen to look to the word. And no matter how many times I have been attacked or had the same question that you may have had or will have, what do I do now? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, first you have to remember that God knows you. He knows you full well. I'm reminded of the scripture in Psalm. Psalm 139 says that I have, I have searched you. That's what God is saying to his people. I have searched you and I've known you. I know you're sitting down and you're rising up. I'm acquainted with all of your ways. There's not a word on your tongue, but behold, I know it all together. Now that's not a direct quote. That's just me pulling out some of it, but I encourage you to read Psalm 139 there at the beginning, because he does know you. And then I think about Isaiah 43, where he says, I have not just known you, but he says, I am with you. That when you walk through the waters, he will be with you. That when you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. That when you're going through the fire, it will not burn you, neither shall the flame scorch you. That's the kind of God that we serve as Christians. And so I want to invite you, encourage you, admonish you that when you don't know what to do, that is not the time to use the world's model. That's not the time to take a drink or to run away from situations. That's the time Time to number one, Go to your father. And so when I was preparing for our podcast today, I really was thinking through like who in the scriptures has felt overwhelmed or distress? Who has been presented to us that we can use as an example in this life? And because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I wanna present four characters unto, to us that I think is really, it will really bless you. At least it has blessed me. And so the first person I thought about was Naomi. Naomi is Ruth. Uh, It's in the Bible. It's Ruth, the book of Ruth. But we're introduced to a woman named Naomi. She and her husband, they lived in Judah, but there was a famine. And so because of the famine, they decided to move to a place called Moab. And there was food in Moab. But then one day, Naomi's husband died. They continued living there, she and her family. And then soon after, I think about 10 years later, both of her sons died. Well, in that day, men took care of their wives. They took care of their mothers. And so for all of the men in her life to die, well, that was a distressing time, as you might imagine, for her family to just kind of leave. And she was left to take care of her daughter's-in-law. Well, it was a hard time, at least I can, I would imagine. It was very strenuous on her emotionally and mentally. And so she decided to go back that she would not stay in Moab, but she would go back to Judah. And that's because she heard that God had started responding to the cry of his people. So whenever I'm talking about scripture, just know I'm paraphrasing a bit just to kind of give you an idea of the scripture. But basically, she went back. And so when I think about Naomi's response, I want to encourage you that when you don't know what to do, there is an answer. And it begins by, number one, going back going back to your first love. You may not know what to do, but we serve the living God. And he is the one who knows the end from the very beginning. And he's told us time and time again to come to him, to ask of him, to seek him. And if we do that, then we'll find him. He is the God who responds. In the same way that he spoke in days of old, he still speaks. And he speaks in different ways, but one thing's for sure, he knows how to get our attention. So I would encourage you that no matter how confident you are in the living God, that you would go back to him. When you don't know what to do, that you would return to him acknowledging that you don't have the answers, but you trust that he does. And so you're not going to him just to complain about the situation, not just to narrate the situation, but you're going to him with a heart of repentance. A penance means that I am not just heartily sorry, but there is a godly sorrow that has gripped my heart that says, maybe I've taken the wrong turn and now I'm out here struggling. But more than anything, father, I want to please you. And I do want to I wanna do what's right in your eyes. And so I'm returning to you because in this situation, I'm acknowledging that maybe I was caught up in myself and I was focused on all these other people and things that had the answer, but they don't. And I haven't turned to you first. And so I wanna encourage you to start with returning to your father. It's where you run to him. It's where you sit on his lap, if you will. That is where you share your heart, where you're sharing everything. You don't cloak any of your fears. You don't try to cover how you're actually feeling, but you tell the father, you know what, Lord, I just don't know what to do. And I am very insecure and unsettled at this point. And if you don't help me, who can? There is no one else who can help me. I need you, father. When you do that, the Bible says that God dwells in the high and holy place, but also with those who are contrite, with those who are filled with repentance, those who are humbled before him. If I look in the New Testament, the same is true, that when you humble yourself before him, he then exalts you. But if you're going to be puffed up, well, I can promise you, you will remain in the distress that you're in. But if you call on him, He will answer, and he'll show you great and mighty things, things that you know not. He is the answer, and I think Naomi is a great example of what it looks like to go back. Go back to your first love, the Father. The second thing that I think is necessary for us to do is to not just go back, but to call on God with intentionality. And so I think about David. The Bible tells us in, in Samuel, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30, where David and his men, all of his, uh, like they're all at war. So all of these warriors, they they are away from home. And while they're away, the scripture tells us that some, um, some people came in And they they abducted their families. So when David and his men got back to their home, everything in in the city was burned to the ground and all of their wives and children, they were missing. So the scripture says that there was great lament. There was crying, all of the men cried until they could cry no more, according to the scriptures. And so they became angry with their leader, David. And so David, the scripture says, became greatly distressed. So not only was he distressed because his family and his wives and and all of the men who were serving him and their families were gone, but now they were talking about killing David. So the scripture says he was greatly distressed. But what do you do when you don't know what to do? David gives us a great example. He calls for the high priest and he tells them to bring me the linen ephod. In other words, I need to go and seek God. And his first response is not to wallow in pity. It's not to talk about all of the problems. No, he says, do I go up to get my family back or what do you want me to do, Lord? So in other words, he had a fight mentality and that's what I would encourage you to do. And when you don't know what to do, That's not the time to check out of life. That's not the time to give up on yourself or give up on God. That's the time to say, Father, what do you want me to do? Because I'm in a situation that's far beyond myself. I am feeling, I am really feeling the overwhelm. And so God spoke to David. He told him, go up and you shall surely recover all. And I want to encourage you today that when you call on God, you serve the God who will not just answer, but he's already made you a promise that you can recover all, that you can be restored, that what the enemy meant for evil can be turned around for the glory of God. And so I want to encourage you that when you when you face situations that make you feel lonely or make you feel distant from everyone around you, you can, call on God to say, Father, I need help. What do you want me to do? And then when he gives you the answer, that you won't shut the door to those answers. Because what I have found is that when you ask God for something, sometimes he asks you or responds to you in ways that you may not necessarily want to do so for instance you ask him for help and he may raise up someone to call you that you never imagined would call you maybe it's someone from your history a past maybe it's an old friend maybe it's someone who's close and you don't want them to see that you're in pain or that you're struggling and so you want to put on this tough exterior when the reality is God sent them to help you and so there are times in life when you just have to be vulnerable those are the times when you have to stop fooling yourself, stop lying to yourself, and just tell the truth. Bruh, sis, you caught me at a time where I am feeling overwhelmed and I could use your prayers. I can remember many years ago, I loved the Lord. I loved him with all of my heart, but there was a moment when I was feeling like maybe God isn't hearing my prayers. Maybe This is all in vain. And I was starting to unravel spiritually. And I cried out to God to help me because I don't want to walk away from him. But somehow I was in this twisted situation spiritually. And I was saying, Father, I just need your help. And right in that moment, the Lord brought to mind a young lady that I really didn't have fellowship with at all. And if I used the outward appearance, I would have discounted her and said, she's really not my type. I don't really talk to people who may look like her. Now, I'm being fully honest with you, and I know you can judge me, but that's the reality. We all look at people's exterior to determine if they should be our friend or if we want to keep them at distance. And that's what I was thinking about this person. I was thinking, yeah, they're really not my type. I don't really roll like she does, but yet that's who God brought to mind after I prayed, Lord, I need help. And so I decided I was going to respond to God. And I called this person. I didn't have a conversation for them because I'm really an introvert. I really don't have a whole lot to talk about, but I called her. And when I called her at that point, because I was feeling so much stress, I just simply said, I wonder if you could pray for me. And she did everything that she, that she did everything. Like right in that moment, she stopped everything and she took time with me. She didn't say, I'll call you later. She didn't text me back later. No, at that time, she stopped everything. And she said, of course, I'll pray for you. She didn't ask me what the problem was. She didn't ask me all of the details. She just began to be led by the spirit of God. And when she prayed, My sister, my brother, if you're on here, she prayed everything that I needed to hear to encourage my heart. She was the answer that God sent to me and she was someone that I could have dismissed, but I chose rather to be vulnerable, to humble myself and to be obedient to what God was leading me to do. I called her and I made myself transparent. So though I had never cried in front of anyone outside of maybe my mom or a, a real close relative, here I was with someone that I wouldn't talk to, but as she prayed, the tears just streamed down my face, and I was experiencing breakthrough. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Well you go back to the Father. And when you go back to the Father, become like David. Be vulnerable, but also have a fight. Fight for your life and do whatever it is That he's calling you to do if he's telling you to make a phone call make the phone call if he's telling you to go somewhere then go there but just be led by the Spirit of God and I have full confidence because the scripture says that as many as are the sons of God they are led by the Spirit of God that's why I have a confidence that our Father will lead you in the way that you should go what do you do when you don't know what to do there is an answer the third thing I would say is the answer is become like Jehoshaphat. The scripture says in 2 Chronicles 20, it's one of my favorite passages, because the scripture tells us that there were many enemies who were coming against Jehoshaphat. Now, most of us say somebody's coming at me and it's like somebody's talking about me. But in this case, there were real armies that were coming to destroy the armies of Israel or the the kingdom that Jehoshaphat was overseeing. And so as they were coming, Jehoshaphat heard that they were coming. But what he did was he was, well, let me say this. What did he do? First, he was afraid. The Bible says he was so afraid his knees knocked together. But he also, in all of that distress, he called on the Lord and he began to recount the promises of God. I love it. He starts off by saying, Are you not God? Are you not the God who made a promise? And then he starts recounting all of the promises that God said to him as and his people. So not just praying and fasting, but he starts recounting who God is. It was a reminder, I think, to himself, but even more, I think it was like the reasoning that God calls us to in the scripture, come and reason with me, the father says. And so that's when you start thinking about your situation and then you start identifying and determining determining what did God say about my situation? That if I'm lonely, he said that he set the lonely into a family. And so therefore I have a family. So father, I just thank you for my family. And then you begin to give thanks to God for the family that he's given, and maybe even go to your family when you're not sure what to do. You recount the promises of God, that if someone says that you're going to lose your job, that I'm not going to fall apart as much as my flesh may want to. No, but in this moment, Father, I recognize that you are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh, that you are Jehovah Rehoboth, that in the same way that you provided water in the wells for, I think it was Jacob, that you are providing for me and my family. And so I'm going to begin to recount promises, it particularly related to whatever the need is. And so if I don't know what to do with my children, then I look to the scriptures to find out what did he promise. And I begin to declare, Father, you said that rejoicing and salvation would be in my home. I recount the promises of God. What do I do when I don't know what to do? There is an answer. Jesus. And I think Jesus gives us the best example because the scripture says that even when he, he, like he didn't want to go to the cross, the scripture tells us in the garden of Gethsemane that he's cry or he's sweating drops of blood, like drops of blood. And yet in those moments of what I would say is great distress and overwhelm, we're told that Jesus says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so the answer is to yield, to submit yourself, to commit yourself to the one who knows you full well, to call on him, not so that you get it just the way you want, but to do whatever it is he's asking you and calling you to do. And you say, well, I don't even know where to begin. Well, in order to know what he wants you to do, I would encourage you to start reading the scriptures. Or in this day, you can just Google maybe a message, a teaching that someone has done that speaks to the issue that you need answers to. But regardless of whatever it is that you're going through, call on the Lord and then be obedient. This is where you're going to say not my will, but your will be done. And if you can do that, I believe you'll be led by the spirit of God to do some things that you may not wanna do, but it will certainly position you so that God will not just hear your cry, but he will intervene. He will intervene because that's who we serve as the living God, the God who intervenes in the affairs of man, So there is no situation that's going on in your life that our father cannot handle. There's no circumstance that you're dealing with that our father doesn't care about. If it's on your mind, our father says it's on his mind, or he doesn't say that, but that's the heart of a father. And so I want to encourage you today that you are not alone in life, that you are not by yourself. You may be standing alone, but you have the living God with you. And he has made a promise that he will never leave you, neither will he forsake you. He has made a promise to be your shade at your right hand. So the sun shall not harm you by day nor the moon by night. He has promised that no evil shall befall you, no plague shall come nigh your dwelling place. And so I want to encourage you to believe. And you say, what does it look like to believe? It is to call on him. It is to put your trust in him. It is to say, Father, I don't know, but you do. And so I'm going your way. I'm not looking to people who have but breath in their nostrils. I'm not looking to myself because I have run out of room, I've run out of road to run on. I'm looking to you as the author and the finisher of my faith. And I believe because I have experienced and because I have seen it in his word that our God always comes to his people's rescue. So I encourage you today, what do you do when you don't know what to do? There is an answer and he is the rock of ages. He is the light and your salvation. He is the strength of your life. He is Jehovah, the all-sufficient one, the one who sustains you, the one who will always be near. Call on him because he is faithful whose promise. If this has blessed your life or anything that I've said on a podcast has blessed you, I just want to invite you and encourage you to click like, to ring the bell, whatever that's about, Um, or just subscribe. Ask a friend to subscribe because I'm here under a mandate. Again, I'm not here to be popular. I'm just here to hopefully minister to your heart, to talk about things that you may not know who to talk about with, but maybe something that I'll say will make a difference in your life and in your walk with christ i'm a woman with a mandate and i'm here for you because i'm here for him let's pray father we thank you so much for being alive we thank you lord that your eyes do see for you said they go to and fro across the earth looking for him whose heart is loyal We want to be loyal before you, Lord. And so we're committing ourselves to you even now, that when hardship comes or difficulty or challenge and trial, that we would be a people that run to you as the rock of refuge, the rock that's higher than each one of us. We cry out to you, Father, that you would be our helper so that our hearts would be loyal, steadfast, that we're not people who waver between opinions, but Lord, that we are anchored in a hope that does does not disappoint we thank you father that not only do your eyes see but your ears hear and we thank you father that you hear the cry of the righteous and so we call upon you even now that you would answer every person who's living in distress every person who's fighting anxiousness and anxiety we look to you father that you would be the rescue for each one because you promised perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you i trust lord Lord, and i entrust every person unto you that their eyes would be stayed on you that their mind would be um, would be that their mind would be that of christ that they would be spiritually minded and not carnally minded so that your promise would be available life and peace and i thank you lord for being everything that your people have need of that you are jehovah rehoboth that you're able to make room for us even as you made room for Jacob, that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you still provide for your people even as you provided for Abram. We thank you, Lord God, that you are Jehovah Shammah. You are always there, always present, a very present help in the time of trouble. We thank you, Lord, for being Jehovah M. Kadesh, the one who sanctifies us so that we're no longer like the world, but Father, we're made more and more in your likeness and image. We We thank you, Father, for being our God, the living God. And it's our prayer that you would be glorified through your son in each one of our lives. And so we commit our way unto you, that you would give us good success, that you would keep us on the path of righteousness for your own name's sake, that you would cause our path to be brighter and brighter till the full light of day, where we're no longer comparing ourselves to one another, but Lord, our eyes are stayed on you. We call upon you now and we give thanks that in the same way that you helped Jehoshaphat and Naomi and David, in the same way that you were with Jesus, you are with us. And for this, we give thanks and we give praise in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'm a woman with a mandate and we'll be back this time again next week. See you then.